0: Hey there, slackers, and welcome to an unusually heavy episode of War Starts at Midnight. I'm Chris Gallagher. Unfortunately, Hunter Cates won't be joining us today. You see, I was forced to use my sleep-inducing alpha rhythm generator on him. The damn kid was asking too many questions about his future. Filling in for Hunter is resident repertory expert, Jailbird Joey Dale. Welcome back, Joey.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: You know, it's precisely 4.29 p.m. on October 21st, 2015, and that means we can only be here for one thing.
1: To review Jaws 19? No. No. To talk about my sweet new hover car conversion? Nope. To talk about how the Cubs are gonna win the World Series? Uh maybe. This future's
0: bullshit. Well, perhaps we can soothe your pain with a bit of boundless banter about the Back to the Future trilogy. And after that exhaustive exchange, we'll wrap up the show as we always do with some really rad recommendations. Now buckle up, because you're about to hear some serious shit.
2: You've gotta come back with me! Where? Back to the future! <laughs> Oh, we're back. We're back. What do you mean we're in the future? October 21st, 2015. Marty, we're going to be able to see our wedding. Wow. The future. I got to check this out, Doc. Look what happens oh. to your son. Oh. He's a complete wimp. Don't talk to anyone. You've been looking, Bob. Hey, look. No. Don't touch anything. I need to borrow your coverboard. And try not to look at anything. I didn't invent the time machine to win at gambling. I can't lose. I invented the time machine to travel through time. Hey, Doc, I'm all for that. What's wrong with making a few bucks on the side? Now, the time continuum has been disrupted, creating an alternate 1985. There have been a few changes. It's like we're in hell or something. No, it's Hill Valley, although I can't imagine hell be much worse. But they'll all be back. Eat less, slackers! Biff? Hello? Hey. Hello, anybody home? Mom, they can't be you. You're so big. Michael J. Fox. Christopher Lloyd. Michael J. Fox. More well, like a couple of teenagers, you know? And Michael J. Fox. Mom, is that you? Steven Spielberg presents a Robert Zemeckis film back to the future. Part two coming November 22nd to theaters everywhere.
0: All right, Joey, we're here to talk about the back to the future trilogy because today is after all the day that Marty McFly comes to the future in back to the future two. Um, and you are probably the biggest Back to the Future fan I know. So uh, thank you for joining me
1: for well, this. Well, you know, I couldn't pass up an opportunity to talk about probably my favorite trilogy ever. Suck it, Star Wars fans.
0: Those are bold words.
1: Back to the Future. I love it.
0: Okay. Perfect. You know, normally I have a little bit of a setup and everything up top. We have a lot to get through, so let's just dive in. Um, I think let's let's start with Back to the Future, the, the OG original uh, <laughs> film. Um, what... We we recently rewatched these. Um, Did you find anything different or, or, you know, did you, I mean, because I assume you, like me, watched this endlessly as a child. Yeah. Was there anything as an adult that kind of uh, stuck out to you that you hadn't really noticed before, either good or bad?
1: I don't think it really changed for me because I watched it when I was, I think the first time I saw it, I was four or five years old. Yeah, same. But- I continued to watch it over and over again as mm. I got older. So, it, I would pick up different things, but by now I think right, I've, right, I've pretty much figured it out.
0: For me, I so I think the last time I had watched it, the last time I had watched any of the movies, like from start to finish, um, was probably when the Blu-rays came out. Yeah, and probably a long time before that, I owned it on VHS. As a kid, I actually owned. Um, longtime listeners probably know this, but I owned a bootleg VHS <laughs> that just had you know written in cursive uh-huh. "Back to the Future." Um, On it, and I mean, I watched that thing constantly. Yeah, I think all three
1: of mine were bootlegs, and I'm pretty (laughs) sure Back to the Future Three was on an extended VHS that also had Christmas Vacation on it.
0: Oh, so great double like an LP VHS, one of those like uh six or eight hour. It was a great Um, double feature. Yeah, so for me, like Back to the Future was the one that I watched constantly. Back to the Future Three, I would catch on TV all the time. It was. A lot like, uh, I was talking about, I think, Terminator 2 a couple episodes back and how, like, it was just, it seems like it was always on. Back to the Future 2, I didn't watch much, but I also didn't care because I didn't love it. Yeah. Um.
1: That's where you and I differ, I think.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's get to that in a bit. Let's, let's talk about, let's talk about this, this first Back to the Future. Um, I have, I have one question that I'd like to start this conversation off with, and that's, how the hell do you think Doc and Marty met? Tinder. (laughs) Tinder. Like, that's, that's the thing. There's, there's no reason. And I mean, we don't, I'm grateful that we don't get the like, oh, hey, Marty. Well, we fought in Nam, or, right. you know, there's like no some. There's no need for a
1: backstory. There's, there's Let's no, just throw it in there and go. Yeah. There's
0: no, there's no need for it, but it is such a like bizarre, like, it is a why random. is this high school kid hanging out with this super <laughs> sketch? He's old at that point too. I mean, yeah. not old, old, but. But he's, he's not young in the fifties. Right. Yeah. Right, and
1: so you've got to figure like if he's even in his forties, in the fifties, yeah. he's in his seventies by 1985, and he's hanging out with an 18 year old kid.
0: One one would think it's it is a little odd, but yeah. So there's, I think for me watching it this time, there the things that stuck out to me the most were probably um, just how good this movie is and how like as a standalone, as as a standalone, yeah, yeah. and how um, because it had been. A few years, not like I'd seen it, you know, since entering adulthood and and whatnot, but, uh, it'd been a few years since I'd seen it and I would watched it, you know, with a much more critical eye this time. And I'm amazed at how much holds up. I mean, there's some, there's obviously some weird campy things here and there that they just have to do to get this absurd story off the ground. Um, no pun intended, although I guess that would be, that would be be more fitting for, for two. Um, but it's pretty light on its feet. It's a, it's a you know, light on its feet, 80s comedy, there's just a, a great pace to it that um, has always been there, but I've just never really noticed. Like uh, the one moment that I really, really stands out to me, r- really stood out to me this last time was watching when um, Marty, so like by the time Marty goes in the past and he kind of screws up his, the meeting of his parents yeah. because he pushes his father, the peeping Tom out of the way of his mother or of his grandfather's car. If you want
1: to talk about things, I just totally went over yeah. my head as a kid. Yeah.
0: George no is a creep. George is really like, and, and which is perfect for Crispin Glover, yeah. who is, who is really good <laughs> in this movie, by the way. It's, yeah. it's a shame that he didn't do Get the second, the second one, one yeah. because I think, there would have been more room to develop that character further had he been there but instead they're like oh well we kind of have to have we kind of have to have the character there but only as a background yeah. you know sort of sort of character and i i think he's really good in this um but so marty screws all that up and so now he now it's his job to get them back together and how does he do this well of course he visits uh, george mcfly his father in his bedroom late at night and dresses in his like biohazard suit <laughs> um, that, he, that he has then, for yeah. uh, handling plutonium <laughs> and plays Edward Van Halen and tells him that he's Darth, Darth Vader.
1: Vader. from the planet Vulcan. From
0: the, from the planet Vulcan, yeah. Throw every and,
1: science fiction thing in there.
0: But here's the thing that I love about that scene. That scene's like all of- 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Exactly, 20 to 30 seconds. And most of the actual exposition of him telling his father what he must do isn't played in that scene. Yeah, Like you get the setup and then it cuts and it cuts to the next day. Marty's like after school. So yeah.
1: theoretically, you know, at least 12 hours has gone by Yeah,
0: or they're both skipping class right. possibly. <laughs> right. Um, but they're, yeah, they're, they're at the, the local gas station and Marty's like popping open a Pepsi. I think it's gotta be, it's Pepsi gotta be Pepsi. because, because that's the, be the product. Well, we might talk about the product placement a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, Kind of like all over the place here, but it as a kid I didn't even notice it no um but then the the rest of that scene plays out as George telling Marty you know what and so it's it's actually on the other end of it it's it's the next step because Marty's going to have to know anyway Marty's going to have to find out that it's working for right. George, and so they kind of killed two birds with one stone, and I think that's really great, really economical yeah a really economical way Use of time yeah. to to do that exposition that you have to have to keep the story moving forward. Um, another thing, and I'm, I'm going to do just like kind of my technical things up front and then we can just kind of chat about it. Yeah. Um, From
1: here on out, the only thing you'll hear me say is yeah, totally.
0: (laughs) Um, is I, I really noticed the sound design more here than I ever had before. And I think that's a really, really strong piece of the immersion that this film, you know, as, as a kid, I didn't identify it, but I was affected by it. Here now, like I'm realizing just how much, even in that opening scene, that that kind of opening tracking shot, long, slow tracking shot with all the clocks, all the clocks. and you hear you hear
1: multiple, yeah, you
0: hear them from all over the place. You they all have a different, distinct sound as and as it's panning by, you actually get fading up and fading right, out, right. and and then uh, just the like there's almost this tactile feel to when Marty comes in and he's flipping the switches and uh, even just, when he
1: goes to plug in the guitar, uh-huh. you know, when you hear that yeah. back, back feed, whatever you yeah. want to call it, feedback,
0: feedback. And, and that's like, I mean, every single little sound effect I know by heart, like I know when it's, <laughs> you know, when yeah. it's coming, but like that sets, sets the tone. And then like everything from the DeLorean to, you know, all, all the little, more sciencey bits mm-hmm. have really great sounds that really just put you right in. And, you know, I, I still kind of believe that that DeLorean could you know, really get up to 88. After yep. It's 88. Yeah. Um, it's great. It's great movie magic that uh, somehow I still believe in. And uh, even even in being able to identify why, like, I appreciate it that much more because it does hold up quite a bit. Um, let's, so let's talk about, I mean, this is not going to be like a review review, like, like normal because, because
1: I'm not smart enough for that.
0: Well, this is a movie that we've seen too many times. To count. Definitely, definitely in the double digits. I mean, honestly, I've probably seen back to the future. I, I don't even know where to like, I don't want to put a number.
1: I don't want to put a number. I don't yeah.
0: Want to put a number yeah. It's, it would not be out of the question to say over 50 times.
1: Uh, yeah. i uh, seriously, there were like, three movies I watched as a kid, yeah. back to the future, uh, the original Batman. And then my sister loved Ferris Bueller. So I've hmm. seen that way more than I should have.
0: Interesting. We should have had you on for Tie it back into the John Hunter's war crime. Yeah. A <laughs> couple of, couple of good little cameos here that they don't, don't even really draw attention to.
1: There's not even a subtle wink really. I mean, yeah. I think, It was in high school when you and I first started talking about Back to the Future Uh a lot, where you said, so you know that's Huey Lewis, right? And it had completely gone over my head.
0: And that was, like, only a recent... Discovery for you. Yeah. (laughs) It was, like, and just so great because, I mean, Huey Lewis, like, my, literally the beginning of my relationship with Huey Lewis in the News was Back to the Future. Power of love. As far as I knew, Huey Lewis and the News were the Back to the Future band, probably until I saw, like, American Psycho. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really, but yeah, Huey Lewis in that in that little cameo yeah. uh, when when Marty and his band are auditioning for the talent show, Um a, a nice little subtle subtle bit. And then you've got even before that Robert Zemeckis driving, driving the, jeep the jeep with the Mountain Dew hat on. I think more product more blatant, little product, product placement. Blatant. Um I wanted so badly as a child to be Marty McFly, like with I wanted to ride a skateboard. I wanted to just hold on to the back of a Jeep and have it take me around town. And I, I wanted to use words like bastard and son of a bitch and, and um, not get your mouth and, washed and out. Not, so. Yeah. Like I, I think I've talked about this before, but yeah, when, when I was, I had to have been, I was probably three and a half. Uh, we were, uh, we were moving and I have this distinct memory of, Uh, Because at that time, Marty McFly was the coolest. And I think part of that was my parents had told me, uh, like, you know, he's not as young as he looks here, right? Like he's (laughs) he's He's already 20. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't know. He was just the coolest guy in the world. And uh, so we're moving. The movers are like packing up stuff in my sister's room. And I just run in and I go, you killed Doc, you bastards. And then like my, I think it was my mom was mortified (laughs) and I don't even know if she, I should, I should talk with her about, I don't even know if she remembers this, but she like, you know, took me by the arm and just washed my mouth out with soap. And I didn't even realize, you know, I just, I just want to be Marty McFly. That was all.
1: The exact same thing happened to me. I'm not. I'm sitting in my <laughs> living room, and this is, I was probably four or five, too, like, sitting in my living room, and Doc had just been shot. Mm-hmm. There's the, you know, the yeah. chase scene through the mall parking lot, and he says, let's see if you bastards can do 90. And yeah. I go, yeah, you bastards! And my mother flipped. And to this day, like, <laughs> the smell of bar soap gives me the worst <laughs> taste in my mouth. But it didn't really work, because I'll still say bastards, and I, like, I don't get, like, a taste in my mouth, but if I smell it, I'm done, so. <laughs> (laughs)
0: mom, you failed. (laughs) So you just had to, you just had to change brands. Yeah. yeah. That was all. Uh, so a, a couple other little things. I mean, do you, is there anything that you particularly wanted to talk about with this the OG Back to the Future?
1: I think, you know, what I admire the most are just all of the little things, like how it's Twin Pines Mall at the beginning. Yeah, he yeah. runs over the pine tree and then, you know, at the end it's lone pines mall. There's oh you mean, so you many mean how those. it
0: predicted nine eleven?
1: <laughs> no, we're not talking about that.
0: If I'll I'll put I'll just put in the show notes. There's this video of a guy. Who, um, it's what, like 15, 20 minutes. It's pretty long. I
1: made it through five minutes max.
0: It's, uh, you should watch the whole thing. Nope, not going to do it. Uh, but he tries to tie together how Robert Zemeckis predicted 9-11, uh, with Back to the Future.
1: And if you like that one, you can also watch the hour-long version.
0: Well, the hour-long one about tying in the Illuminati and aliens. I'm not doing that either. Um, but here's, here's the big – like, he recently re-edited and re-released the Back to the Future one. To Robert include, Zemeckis
1: did, right? <laughs> right,
0: right. Um, to include, actually, stuff about – like, basically his conclusion is, and Robert Zemeckis is now, in October of 2015, releasing The Walk – a movie about a guy walking between the Twin Towers. Um, uh, Philip Petit or whatever. Uh, that that sounds You right.
1: mean JGL? Joseph yeah.
0: Joseph Gordon-Lovett walking between. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he's like, obviously, this is all. But I mean, it's... I just love the... Did you at least get to the point where he says, look, there's even 9-11 on the screen? No, but you
1: pointed it out to me when we watched it. Okay,
0: yeah, that's right. Um, it's It's a fun, like it 's a fun watch, just because he 's grasping so hard, and he keeps going back to the smallest minutiae that means absolutely nothing and being like, obviously this is the <laughs> it's even worse than the in the hour long one he He spends a long time talking about the sports almanac and how and how that's the main link to proving that it is all about oh, aliens gosh. and an alien cover up and whatever and uh it's it's a good watch anyway uh what were we talking about? what was the
1: you know, just things oh, the, that we the, the little, the little, yeah, things, the little like the, things like the, like yeah. the Lone
0: Pines mall. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's always been like, that's one of those things. If someone makes a Lone Pines mall, uh, joke just offhand, I'm like, yeah, you're a, you're, <laughs> you're, you're a cool dude. Yeah. You can get along. We're, we're kindred spirits. Yeah, for sure. Um, back to doc and Marty's relationship. You notice that doc, whenever, um, they first like finally come together for the first time on screen doc calls Marty at like one thirty in the morning or whatever at home. Um, just a just a question, do you think Marty has a private line or do you think doc's a total asshole?
1: You know what? I, I hope for the sake of my childhood that Marty has a private line, but
0: uh, maybe doc's just a jerk. Well, here's, here's what I think doc. And I think we'll get into this once we kind of move to ta- discussing the, the trilogy as a yeah. whole, but I think, Doc is eccentric enough in the first one. Yeah. Um for it to just be like he's totally unaware of of anything and he's and you know Marty's parents are also kind of terrible parents. So well, yeah. they're like dude, there's no way George is going to come in and, and be like, "Now Marty, you your 70-year-old friend who keeps calling you and
1: George has to finish that report for Biff before you can, yeah. you know, before work on Monday." Yeah, exactly.
0: So, so uh they're they're probably fine, but that that did strike me this time. It's just like that that seems really rude.
1: And that's one of those things as a kid you just you accept it, you move on, but yeah, as, as an adult you're just, like it's, it's just a 70-year-old man called my 18-year-old son at 1.30 in the morning.
0: Yeah, no, it, exactly. It's, it's, it's weird, but um, I kind of like I – like, I like the weirdness of it. Yeah. Okay, here's another thing that uh, – it's probably the biggest mystery of the entire trilogy. Um, so Marty has a – and it's established before he goes back into the past that Marty has this Uncle Joey, uh, Jailbird Joey, who is actually in 1985, he's supposed to be getting out of jail. He doesn't get parole, doesn't make parole. And
1: this cake won't go to
0: waste. Yeah. So the, yeah, the little homemade cake, uh,
1: which if that's a homemade cake, um, Lorraine. Lorraine is really missing out on her true calling as a cake decorator. She is. Because that thing is well even as a child, I noticed it's like that that's a pretty well pretty designed good. cake. But it
0: looks it looks like it is homemade. It but does. she's probably too much of a lush to keep up a business. <laughs> even like that's Lorraine is even when like they get the good future, she's still kind of a lush. Like she's still Do they imply that? I think so. Because
1: I remember them coming in from the tennis match, but Yeah, no, I think so, No, I see I think that's why he says, mom, you look so thin because she's, she's not she's boozing anymore. Com- yeah.
0: Maybe, maybe so. Or maybe it's just because they've taken up tennis now because right. that's what happens.
1: Yeah. I, I prefer to think that she gave up the booze uh huh, all because of some guy she met for one week in
0: 1955. Right. Well, and who gave him really good advice about not punishing your child if he accidentally sets the carpet on fire.
1: Which is one of those things like you look back and you go, so they met this guy named Marty. Thirty years or fifteen years later, they decide to name their kid Marty, and then he suddenly lights the mug on fire. And oh, okay. And then when and, he's eighteen, looks just exactly like, like him. And everyone, you know, the argument is, oh, you're not going to remember some guy you met, you yeah, know, thirty years ago. But but, uh,
0: but it's well, it is probably part of you know the story that they tell about their relationship. Now, yeah, because I bet they probably didn't really tell a story. I guess Lorraine kind of tells a the that uh, the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. You know, his his sister. Kind of recounts, but
1: what's a dance? Do you mean the rhythmic ceremonial ritual?
0: Yeah, that thing. Okay. So let's actually, let's start kind of blurring the lines of all three of these. Something I'd like to talk about. So you brought up the weirdness of the
1: eccentricities of doc.
0: Well, no, the, the weirdness of the Marty, like being their child. Oh yeah. All of that. Um, one thing that I noticed for the first time in watching all three of these, Marty's son looks exactly like him. (laughs) <laughs> his great grandfather, I think it is, yeah, looks exactly like yeah. him. Yeah, his father does not. His daughter looks
1: exactly like him as well. His daughter in the future—that's Marty. I that's, don't. That's Michael J. Fox.
0: I've never caught that. I've never.
1: That's Michael J. Fox. He huh. played. He played the the okay. dad. He played Marty. He played Marty Junior. And he played the girl. And I'm sure it's Martina or something yeah. like that. For, which but, is
0: bad, well, but yeah. I mean, but it's par for the course. For right. Two. But here's, here's my thing. And, and his mother, um, his mother looks the same in the past as, or his, his great grandmother looks the same as his mother. So here's my theory. Maybe actually his father isn't his father. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I, I'm trying to imply that maybe Biff is his father. I don't know. Something <laughs> like his, because If if the genes go back that far, and his great grandmother looks exactly like his mother, and his great grandfather looks exactly like him,
1: I think you spent way too much time watching that Illuminati
0: nine (laughs) eleven video. You just need to accept the cinematic magic. Otherwise, otherwise, what's the other option? That they're
1: actually that it's a movie, and they wanted the ham fist in
0: Marty being everyone. Well, or but then why did his mother have to play? His great grandmother. Because Leah Thompson gets like five minutes of airtime in that That's fair. I'm just saying it's a little incesty. Although those themes run throughout the first one a bit too. So I don't know. You who's know. who's to say? Um okay, so we actually got a- way off track way on this. Way off track. Uh Jailbird Joey. Jailbird mm-hmm. Joey is the biggest mystery, I think, in the entire trilogy. Because uh Jailbird Joey, as far as I'm aware, remains Jailbird Joey. Throughout, no matter...
1: No matter the universe, no matter the how, timeline.
0: Yeah, no matter how things are altered. Um, and it's never really explained.
1: I think it all comes down to the first one when they're about to eat dinner uh, with Marty with his grandparents, uh-huh. you know, uh, and she goes, he just really likes these bars. Really,
0: but that's just
1: the like... that's the, Well, that's the joke, you know, yeah. the callback to him being in jail, sure. And I, at that point, you just kind of run with it. But that's what we were talking about with the second and third films, how, you know, they... There was definitely aspects of the first one Uh that didn't really get carried over into the second two. And so that's one of those you just kind of, you know, draw over and and keep going.
0: Yeah. Well, and I guess the thing that they do is they say, well, we've already established this. So let's just keep running with Mm, the motif. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of bothers me that his uncle, no matter how – because, I mean, part of the, like, end thesis of uh, the first Back to the Future is, like – you know, you're capable of changing your, changing your future and changing it for the better and that sort of thing. I mean, and Crispin Glover reads it as money will make you happy. Yeah. Um, which is, I think there's probably a little bit of that in here. I mean, it is a movie made in the eighties, so there's, there's definitely some, yeah, there, there's definitely some undertones of that, but, um, it, you know, it's a little more of, you know, you can – There, if you are capable. You're not stuck in the – and maybe I'm getting too philosophical with, you know, a, a fun summer movie. But uh, you are capable of controlling a bit of your destiny. Mm, as your density. Your density. Exactly. Correct. Um, okay. So I would like to talk a little bit about – I know you're probably – you're shaking your head right now. You already know where I'm going with yep. this. I want to talk just a little bit about the whole Oedipus thing. Um, you – what do you, you, you think that no, 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 it's no. not
1: no You start this, I, you put your theory out there.
0: Well, here's, I, I, I don't think it's strong, but it is, it is kind of creepy. The, the whole, his mother coming on strong to him.
1: And then and but you wash it all away when she says, when I kiss you, it feels like I'm kissing my brother. And it's not like he's actively trying he's to not. make he, the moves on no, her at he's all. Not. He
0: does. He does think like, mom, you're kind of hot. No, he doesn't even say that.
1: Where is that even implied?
0: No, I think uh, at some point there is a... He doesn't say, Mom, you're kind of hot. But right. I can't remember if it's... It might be the very first, like, when he's in her bed and he goes...
1: Mom, you're so hot. <sighs>
0: okay. Yeah, yep. yeah.
1: All right, I'll take it back.
0: Yeah, see? Okay. There's, there's a little bit. I'm not saying it gets super dirty yeah. and creepy. Well, it's but one of it those gets... things, like,
1: if you saw your mom at 18 pray to God that I wouldn't say, mom, you're so hot and then catch myself. But uh-huh. You would say, Oh wow. My mother was an attractive young woman.
0: You was, she was young once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's more, you know, the, just the, the fact that it's, it's less about M- Marty actively trying to, it's not like, it's not like his whole goal is trying to hook up with his mom. It's not, yeah. it's not some weird spin off of an American pie movie. Um, <laughs> but, but still, Lorraine comes on pretty hot and heavy. And well,
1: it's because, I mean, she would have done the same thing with George. I think that's the whole reason that original relationship works is because... But we she, all
0: know George isn't his real father.
1: <laughs> is because jo- she comes on strong to George with the whole Nightingale effect. And we, so right. she is... She's got a strong sexual drive. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. and And that's... That's absolutely – and, you know, they set that up very early yeah. and like, I think it's so awful, girls calling boys, you know, mm-hmm. all of all yeah. of that. And then and then you find out, oh, well, she was actually chasing down. She was the – she's the only reason that Marty exists because George was never going to do anything. Yeah. Nothing at all until, you know, this little guy named Marty came in. Actually, until
1: Darth Vader showed up on the Vader, planet Vulcan. Yeah,
0: which also like – really, Darth Vader is to think for all of this – because Darth Vader also made them their presumed millions, although they're still living in the same house in the same neighborhood.
1: But Marty it, has that sweet four by four. Marty
0: has that sweet Toyota four x four. This is true. I st- um,
1: that's one of my dream cars to this day.
0: <laughs> just, just from a sentimental yes. From from that
1: movie, I will at some point in my life, I will buy an eighty five <laughs> uh, Toyota pickup, uh-huh. and it'll look just like
0: that. Put some RC lights on yes. it. And, yeah, and well, you're gonna get you're gonna get a fat balding blonde guy to put two coats of wax on for you
1: (laughs) just finishing up the second coat now
0: but yeah the the oedipus thing it's not like i said it's not super strong but it is there and it is creepy it's it's something it's just i think it's
1: only there because you make it there and if you don't if you don't Obviously, you weren't searching it out, but if you 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 caught something and it stuck with you and then you were, you were searching for your reasons to justify it, and if you don't look at it that way, then it
0: doesn't exist. See, but it's one of those things that I never – I was never even aware of it really right. until I got older. It was probably when seeing it in high school when I finally – probably after – After
1: we had to read Oedipus in yeah. high school, yeah.
0: Um, and it was like, oh, this is – this is kind of gross. It's kind of <laughs> like... But it's again, just, I think
1: it's all swept under the rug after she finally, you know, gets to kiss him. But
0: that's at like, what, yeah, well, yeah, minute <laughs> minute mark, like 90 or something. Yeah. It's, it's pretty far in.
1: Did When you were a kid, did you ever like do the math and think about how old you were going to be when, you, when it was 2015? I don't think I did. Oh, man. Probably not when I was a young kid. Uh-huh. But by the time I started watching it in my you know, tweens and teens, you mm-hmm. really start thinking like... Man that's not so far away like Yeah yeah and then adding and up. where
0: are these hover cards and hover I was looking and, forward to so and much double, stuff. Ties. <laughs> and double ties double ties double like ties clear plasticky ties is a thing <laughs> fax We're, machines are still a thing so those are sticking around okay machines. we'll 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 get to, we'll back get to, to the future second one. in a okay. second I have one final question for you and that's what's your favorite part of back to the future
1: uh, clearly when he rips off the Libyans and sells them <laughs> the, the bomb casing made with shoddy pinball parts that's that's what that's a throw a throwaway line on yeah, it's stuck with me forever i quote that all the but time but that's
0: that's another one of those that someone will quote in yeah. like and, and then you know and you're like you're like, okay yeah we we gotta we're on uh, the same wavelength yeah. you, my favorite part also comes from you know sort of a, a line that's you know it's a joke it's a punchline yeah but i just i love it and it's it's at the enchantment Under the sea dance and uh marty's up there Uh, playing guitar with the band because their guitarist cut his hand with a screwdriver and he starts playing Johnny B. Good. And then you've got the, the guy, Marvin, the guy that cut his hand um, in kind of backstage on the phone. I like how
1: there's an office right behind there. How convenient
0: it's, it it needed to be there. It was in the script. Yeah. Um, But, but he goes, he goes, Hey Chuck, this is your cousin, Marvin. Marvin Barry, you know that new sound you've been looking for? Well, listen to this. So
1: there's and, like two different types of uh of copyright infringement there too, right? Because you know, Marty's ripping off Johnny B Good from
0: mm-hmm. from
1: Chuck and then Chuck is essentially ripping it off from himself. Right. Right. I hadn't oh, thought man. about
0: that. But then what about what about the whole Do we not get Star Wars in this future because uh <laughs> because George, because writes, a book George writes a book about Darth Vader? You know, That's curious. From
1: our opening uh, opening scene, I'm clearly okay with that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) You actually like this future better, I think. This is
1: other than the Cubs winning the World Series. This is the best future possible for me. Okay, flying cars. That's a good.
0: That's a good segue into two. Um, Let's let's talk about two a little bit. Now, this has been a major bit of contention with uh, between the two of us. Uh, in our love of Back to the Future. Back to the Future 2 is by far my least favorite movie. Like, it's the one I've seen the least, and I've seen it the least because I just don't like you it. You avoid it, yeah. Yeah. My I like my futures unfuturistic. <laughs> and obviously like what this movie what what the series in general is going for is a bit especially at this point is a bit of a super heightened sort of but like just the 80s future bugs me oh, so oh see much. and
1: that's that was always my defense right i mean uh i love the super cheesy 80s future you've got hoverboards you've got flying cars even the uh the cars they use in the future are all you know, like the futuristic. It's, um,
0: it's if the eighties just happened to adopt a flying car, right?
1: Now. Right. Yeah. Even the cars they drive around are you know concept cars from the late eighties, yeah, and yeah. you're like, yes, this is great. But I will say, after we watched all three of them back to back like that, yeah, we
0: watched we watched them all back to like in, in, in one evening. Yeah, and it was a, it was an interesting experience because
1: I I've never sat down and watched all three. Back mm-hmm. to back like that. And so, you know, the, the second one was, wasn't was my favorite, but I always enjoyed it more than everyone else because... See, I
0: always thought it was your favorite because you you would... I guess just because you would always defend, would defend it because it. no one yeah. else is going to defend and it.
1: Because it was such like, as a kid, those were like great things to me. Flying cars and hoverboards. Yeah.
0: Perfect. One, one thing that we missed on Back to the Future uh, that... Was an observation that I think we both had watching it this time. Uh, Billy Zane, you pointed out Billy Zane is in, is part of Biff's I can't believe you never put that together before. Never, never put it together. All right. Um, But here's the thing about Billy Zane. Billy Zane looks exactly the same. His hair looks exactly the same in this movie as it does in like- Titanic. In Titanic, as it does in probably Zoolander. Like Billy- The Phantom. the, The Phantom, yeah. Apparently Billy Zane's hair never goes out of style. It's, it's always that weird. Like it's never like the trendiest hair, but it's always that it's just like a
1: classic gentleman's haircut.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, what was his
1: name in the back to the future? We looked at the toothpick. Is he toothpick? He, no, is it toothpick or is it matches? Matches.
0: Matches. Yeah. Matches. Cause he's always got a match in his, I in love his it. mouth. What's
1: the point of even giving them names at that point? Why can't they just be, you know, like, here's number one. So
0: here's what I love is that 3d sticking Still, to the 3d yes. 30 years in the future.
1: You know, if if you've got a name like 3D, your options are pretty limited.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's that's a pretty that's a pretty sad future for 3D. I I would, uh, you know, we're we're branching off and expanding into this whole like expanded universe stuff. Where, yeah, you know, we're about to get Star Wars movies that are outside of the uh, the one long running right um, storyline. I'd like to get the the whole 3D story of how you know <laughs> how his life is. I bet there's you know I bet there's a lot of sadness and depression there.
1: All, all three of those guys, yeah, you know once why aren't they with Biff when he's detailing cars?
0: That's a good question.
1: do you That's think a... matches went on to like be some heroin? <laughs> no, I was gonna say that he turned into some uh, um... arsonist arsonist yes three d's probably got his own stupid podcast
0: three <laughs> mm-hmm. d yeah, three well, what happened with three d is three d is probably behind three d's probably behind the holoplex uh, movement and the Jaws 19, you know, all of that. That's gotta be him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, and, but still, still the question remains, where's Jailbird Joey?
1: Do you think that we've just, uh, described like a, I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't want to make it a movie, but maybe a TV series about back to the future. <laughs> and you never mentioned <laughs> Marty. You mentioned everyone yeah. in
0: LA and where they went from yeah. there. So Gotham, is that oh, how Gotham plays out?
1: I don't, I've watched two episodes. Okay. I won't watch you've, anymore. You've seen
0: more than I have. I did see, I did see an episode- like just the opening of an episode the other day where, uh, uh, Joker was doing some stuff and it was bad. It was real bad. Uh, so maybe, okay, let's pitch this to Fox. Clearly we can get it
1: made. If anyone will make it. Yeah. Them are the CW. <laughs> yeah.
0: They're, they're all about the, the whole series stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do this. All okay. Right. So we're going to, we're going to put a pin in that and we're going to, it. after once we're done, we're going to, you know, we'll put, we'll put work, finishing touches. We'll it. workshop it for a good solid 15 minutes and then we'll send that, send that pitch out. Gosh, we're going to we you know, we're going to make our millions just like uh just like Biff.
1: And we won't even need an almanac.
0: Okay, so let's talk a bit about we've been just kind of everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about I think there is some stuff to talk about with the structure of two. Of
1: two, yeah, yeah definitely.
0: Cuz two kind of plays like two separate two movies. Two
1: completely different films. And that I think that stuck out to me more this time, watching yeah. them back-to-back back, than it ever has before. And I don't know if that was just, again, one of those childhood things where you just accept more without mm-hmm. putting any thought into it. Or if it's one of those that's just way more obvious watching, you know, back-to-back-to-back.
0: To back to back. I See, for me, I I feel like I was always aware that it was just a – it's an oddly paced movie. It's yeah. a, like, because it it sort of sets up – Here's here's the problem it has, is – from my understanding they did not intend to make a series out of Back to the Future. Right, correct. And then it was a big success and so they were like, well we could do so many things with this, let's do it. And so then they do they they start back exactly where and maybe this is the problem. Maybe they shouldn't have started with that. They should have allowed the ending of Back to the Future to just be its own, you know, they go and do that adventure. Yeah. And then and then come to another you know, something completely different.
1: Actually, I think this would be a good point like like what you were talking about in the first one where you get the exposition of, you know, Darth's encounter with yeah, George. Yeah. You get the exposition on the back end of
0: of coming back from that coming, or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And then you would miss out on the cheesy eighties future, which would well, be even better. Or they for could you. have
0: done they could have done something where Or it's,
1: do, you know, not thirty seconds, but a much shorter uh, a much shorter time spent. Yeah. And then, you know, you come back and you get way more of, of the explanation.
0: Mm-hmm. But the, the thing that's weird is, so it feels like they begin by like, well, what's our jumping off point Our jumping off point has to be them going, they're their kids, your kids, Marty. Yeah. Um, which just turns out to be their one kid, right? Really?
1: Well, I think, I think it originally when they first go back, I'm sorry, when they first go ahead to 2015, yeah. Uh, it's to today, to today, to this day, yeah. Uh, it's that Marty Junior is essentially peer pressured into doing this heist right. with Biff, and then the daughter tries to break Marty Junior out of jail, and so oh, she gets right. sent up too. Okay,
0: see, I uh, for some reason the daughter still like, and I'll admit, like, uh, two is the one that I like. Just it, I kind of glaze over at times yeah, with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that whole plot, it's a little convoluted for me.
1: It's it's um, very much just you know like uh, what needs to happen here. Yeah. Oh, this could happen.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Moving on. They they spend as much time on that as we're going we to did. spend on on our TV series. So it's bound to get made. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you, you start with that. And I think you were telling me, even Zemeckis said like, had he known they were going to make a sequel, he would have never put Jennifer in the DeLorean. No because, way he
1: puts Jennifer in the DeLorean.
0: Because like, she's just not, she's not used she's at all. Not
1: essential. Yeah. Not and, used. And,
0: and it would have been like, I think they could have tried to do something with her, but here's the thing is like, ultimately the dynamic always the, the big dynamic in the first one and throughout is always Marty and Doc. Yeah. They're interplayed together. Right. And so that's what they're trying. They're trying to get back to square one of that. And, and I,
1: I think we've talked about this too. I don't think they do a very good job in the second one. They
0: don't. They they well, and partially because they they separate them a bit. You yeah. Know, you send you send Marty back to the past mm-hmm. where um, probably my. My least favorite but you're like it just it just bothers me like not okay the the moment when uh doc's like just be inconspicuous yeah and then cut to marty sliding in, in
1: with the glasses black jacket yeah. black hat and to me that's one of those winks at the audience where i just go okay you got me it
0: would be it would be a great visual joke if he then dropped it all like he then realized like oh wait this is a terrible idea but they don't do that. They just – they keep he it He wears
1: it for the rest of the – for the rest of – the rest of the movie.
0: Yeah, he does. And and it's just uh, – I, I hate it. It's – although Marty has some really poor fashion choices throughout. Um, if you really like – he's got – The life vest. Well, he uh, – like he's got – Three so, or four different layers on. Yeah, he's got the shirt, the jean jacket, mm-hmm. the life vest. The – it's – he's kind of – i his mom certainly didn't dress him um, but maybe she should have
1: <laughs> or because she's such a lush in the first one maybe she did dress him <laughs> ah, you need this vest on throw on this jean jacket
0: you, you could be onto something there <laughs> uh but so then we we've kind of start out with this this story of of marty jr which isn't on, is not really interesting it's just going over the steps of it's saying, Hey, you remember back to the future? Yeah. Well now it's happening in the future with his son instead of in the past with his dad. Like that's basically it. And and even in like the quote unquote present with his father, because there is Biff, you know, uh, after he wrecks George's car and like, hello, McFly, like, you know, pressuring him into filling out, doing his report because he doesn't want to get fired. Um, which Really George is such a pushover as, as the <laughs> the bef- before uh-huh. intervention George um, other than I do, I love his laugh the, ah,
2: ah,
0: ah. yeah I like as a kid, I always wanted to laugh that way Ooh. Um, it was okay. you know I was talking earlier about how like I just I know every sound and yeah every, like that's one it, of them it's for just sure. really a, for some reason an appealing it's it's annoying but it's a weird way appealing uh, appealing sound. Um, so we've got, we've got this splintered, you know, it's the first half is, well, we got to, I guess we got to pick up where we left off yeah. the first one. And then the second half is really like, well, we want to do this Western. So <laughs> let's just, let's just set up the Western. So
1: you're saying the second one is just purely a vehicle to get to the third. It one.
0: really is. It really like, and that was something that I hadn't noticed until watching them back to back. Yeah. But there's I mean because that's where we first get the oh Marty can't say no to a fight and all of yeah, those. that
1: never shows up in the first one.
0: Yeah. at all. Yeah that's not that is not a character trait right. at all. And like they're, I mean, they're altering, they're altering Marty's character for the setup of of the third one. Yeah. They've also, they've also altered Doc's character. A lot. To where he's not that weird eccentric, like he just, he doesn't have the great pizzazz that he had in like. He had some great lines that are like, like the, uh, can the, you give it to me again? The dance, the
1: rhythmic ceremonial
0: ritual. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. uh, you know, he has a great, a lot of great moments like that. And other than like, they keep great Scott and he says shit a lot, which there's doc, doc swears a lot in these movies, <laughs> um, which I hadn't really noticed as a, as a kid. Probably cause but... you
1: watched it on. Well, no, you didn't no. watch it on cable. You yeah. Had the, yeah. I
0: had, okay. I had a like recorded off of the, well, I guess, I guess I watched the. The two and three I only saw on TV. Yeah, so that's understandable. But yeah, one one I had like recorded off HBO or something. Um, but yeah, so they're you know they they're altering the characters to try to get to this this third one, and and that's where it just kind of gets. I mean, when so we we get my least favorite part of the entire thing is Marty back in the past when there's two Marty's and he's running around and doing all that stuff. Um, there's also when when he goes. Back to the present, um, just the, the the weird alternate 1985 the alternate 1985 yeah the the weird um, like town square suddenly looks like some weird Vegas attraction It's or
1: Vegas and then all kinds of industrial behind it and you're like, well, how would that ever happen? yeah.
0: Like, like, there's a lot, well, I guess because, because Biff because built Biff. it all. yeah, the answer is because the, Biff. The, the answer is because Biff and because it was in the script. Right. That's, I don't know, that, that bothers me. You know, one thing I do think they kind of get, you know, it's not on the nose, but right with their prediction, prediction of the future is their projection of millennials.
1: Yeah, it's pretty spot on. Oh, you have to use your hands?
0: <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's definitely over the top and it's maybe, it's maybe something you can just always say about the yeah. current young generation but um i did appreciate that i found that uh i found that great and and you've got a what's his face uh it's a baby's toy elijah Wood. elijah wood yeah, yeah. very young elijah wood so that's i guess that's a bright spot in
1: this you ha- you will say though that the cafe 80s scene is pretty good
0: it's it's good for it's good for what it is yeah. i'll give it i'll give it that the the michael jackson creeped me out a lot as a child yeah um yeah like and you know I've talked about this numerous times. Of there were things that just like really, bought, like like the fortune teller in Big, <laughs> completely scared me. Like yeah. to to know it, and um, the the Michael Jackson in Cafe Eighties was up there with that. It was just so.
1: But I, I think you even mentioned this because I had never caught this before uh, when we were watching them. But how. Cafe 80s is an homage to everything that building had been, you know, a cafe. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the original 1985, it's the aerobic center, yeah, you know, it's, it's blending, and now all, it's blending of that all of that together. That together. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, and maybe that's maybe that's another reason why I don't particularly love uh, Back to the Future 2, because I have a major aversion to just remember that thing you've seen before. Here it is again in like a pseudo reimagined packaging and that's, and that's so much of what that future is. Yeah. Another thing that I really don't like about it is the fact that as I mentioned with the first one, it's a great light on your f- light on its feet sort of comedy. They really lose a lot of that here.
1: And I don't know if it's intentional or not. I, I'm sure some of it is, they want it to be, you know, a little more, especially the second half of the movie. Yeah. They want it to be dark and
0: they, yeah, they, they go for an emotional resonance mm-hmm. to set up three. Right. Um, But it, doesn't like it. Just doesn't work for me. it's. It's because those are the things that I felt a worked the best in one, and b are the reason that it is. It S- still holds up, it. yeah. and yep. it's it's still so good. So when you strip that out, even if you are saying, "Hey, you know how this is like that other thing that you've already seen," don't doesn't it make you still feel good? Like, no, give me give me the thing that made it actually good, right? Not not just the elements that were there. Um, so it it kind of I don't know it. It, it really bothers me. And I still like, I know people, there are people who do not like three. I still, I do really like three. You're giving me. You I've never
1: heard that. In, I, I didn't know people didn't like yeah. three. I, I,
0: I mean, I know people who say, oh, well, one's the only good one. You know, I, I, I love three. I do think, okay, so here's, here's the thing. We, we should probably get to three. I don't know if there's much more to talk about, to talk about two. One thing I'll, I'll let me, let me complain about. Uh, my last final real complaint about okay. two, and then i 'll let you conclude with i I think you have a couple yeah, things to yeah. to hit on um The ending of two is abysmal, like ending with a trailer I'm back
1: from the future
0: <laughs> ending with a trailer for the next movie, just shamelessly like i mean they were fully aware that like this movie's just a segue.
1: Yeah, that, uh, when you film them back to back like that, you know that that's. But you're right; it's the only one that's ever it would, done it.
0: If it was, if it was to be concluded, I would be fine. But it's like, hey guys, it's almost a commercial for next time we're going to be in the West. Check out these cool shots. Everybody like, loves a western. Yeah, it's just it's. Oh, it bugs me so much. It's it's weird. It really like takes any weight that there was at the end of three. Like they're because you know they're trying to build and make it this yeah. this hefty thing where oh no, what happened to Doc? And um they they totally undermine it with like, oh no, fun, fun western time. Tune in, tune in next time, kids. Okay, you have you have a couple of things you want to touch on before we go to 3?
1: Yes, I mean they're they're nitpicky as well, but just I, we were watching some of the deleted scenes in the second one and I think it goes back to what we were saying about some of the, you know, the lighthearted comedy, the, uh-huh. the comedic jokes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and,
1: and like there's the deleted scene um, where, you know, they're in the future McFly's home about to eat dinner.
0: Well, it's almost it's an extended scene almost. Yeah, it's an extended scene. And it scene, made no yeah. sense as to why they cut certain pieces.
1: Right. because it's so it, it works really well, actually, if you if you could have spliced them back in there. I think mm-hmm. it works pretty well. But they're they're about to sit around the table. And Marty asks George, his dad, he's like, Dad, you threw your back out again. And he's like, oh, I was on the golf course. And then Lorraine quips, "Well, you got hit by a golf cart," yeah. and that's a perfect joke. Yeah, it's, that would have yeah. worked in the first and, well, one. They,
0: and they didn't. And they didn't ham it up like no, they did some just... of this. Like it's it's more of that. Like they yes, they address and wink at you, but it's actually it's one of the more subtle things that they do to make reference. And they took it out. Yeah. Um there there is. Like it it felt like they just spliced the heart out of it. Yeah. With with some of those deleted scenes. And you know, it's not like they were extremely long or no, you're got not, in the way. You're like not taking
1: anything else away from the movie.
0: Yeah, it's uh, Hunter and I were just talking about Ridley Scott and how he, you know, always makes like it's it's not something that you would make a director's cut of because it would be <laughs> like that movie's like a minute and a half longer or something. Right. It's not, you know, they they're little moments that Uh, it seems like they took him out for no reason. I don't know. One, one thing that I suspect could have been with, with that scene though, is, um, there is a shot of Marty and older Marty in the same shot. And I wonder if that was just a budget thing. Um, with putting them together. And because even in, in that scene that they show, it's it's a very crude composition of them.
1: Can we get technical about side. that really quick? I sure. mean, obviously this would be you more than me, but I think they do a pretty good job, especially for the late 80s, mm-hmm. from a you know totally yeah, uneducated it, standpoint, of of blending those two where they actually, they work really well. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like you well, can, you, you you do can this, tell You've got the
0: same with Biff. Yeah. Um, which honestly, like, I I kind of feel like they could have just put an actor in a old Biff sort of makeup because yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems like he's so he he has the stature, but that's about it. Like right. You could have given someone else his um, his characters. I mean, this is around the time they're making uh, Dick Tracy. They've got the they've got the makeup <laughs> skills, um, but they they decided, I guess, for performance, yeah. decided to put him put him together, which is.
1: Uh, But I, I just think they do a really... It doesn't look...
0: Fake? it uh, Yeah, it's not the Parent Trap, no. the old, the yeah, old Parent yeah, yeah. Trap or something. Like that. And granted, it's it's newer than that, right. but still, like it it sells. There there is one moment when the two there's Biffs a, are in a, the car.
1: Oh yeah, and
0: I think it's one throws the almanac across yeah, the other way, yeah, yeah, and you can kind of you can kind of see, see like it. that's one of the only telltale and, signs. Yeah, and
1: there's the wash. Someone washes across. the oh, yeah. screen yeah, yeah. And, but other than that, it's it's a pretty cool feat, especially again for someone who's a layman's when it comes to you know technical stuff like that. It's well, pretty but, cool to see it work.
0: But the fact that it does. Hold up the eighties or late eighties, early nineties technology does hold up is a testament because even, I mean, what would you do now? Would you just CGI it? Um, I mean, yeah, you, you, would probably do some sort of, and you know, I'm totally speculating, but you'd probably do some sort of, um, you, you could do a robotic camera move sort of thing. So you match, you know, you could do the same movement um put the character on both ends or you could just George Lucas and shoot everything on green screen and put them wherever you want. <laughs> um, let's let's move on to three. I don't have a ton to talk about with three. It's more like three here's here's where I'll start. Three I think is a very different movie than one.
1: Yes. And yes.
0: I I love it. Maybe not equally, but I, I still like I really like it. I think it is a solid film. And I think it's where one is One's a little bit edgy, you know, it's not super, um, but there is, there's a lot of profanity. There's a lot of, um, you know, it's, it's more a teen movie, Yeah. you know, everyone wants to be Marty McFly, yeah. I think was the goal there. Whereas three is really like built to be a family movie. Um, the type of family movie that you don't really get anymore. And I like that about it. Yeah. It's, um,
1: it, it, it kind of pokes fun at itself, you know? Yeah. There's certain where you're just like, okay, yeah. But it, it does a really good job of of ending the movie mm-hmm. and, you know, being... Because at this point, and actually, this is probably better for our generation than the original generation of people that were watching it, but we grew up, you know, with the, the whole trilogy. Yeah. So, that is definitely more of, like, the family-friendly, like, yeah, here's yeah. how we're going to wrap it
0: up. And I think that's why one reason why I have seen that one more than two, I guess one, because like you can't really run two on its own unless you're running a double feature. Yeah. (laughs) Which i never, never really thought about, but also like that seems like the one that was always on TV because that was the one that is, it's, it's the fun family movie. Yeah. Granted, you know, I'll give you like, they're going through at this point, they're exhausting some of the like, you know, Oh, Hey, let's, let's just do another, um, another thing that you've seen before, like I had mentioned before, you know, putting Michael J Fox in as, was it Seamus? His great, (laughs) his great grandfather. And so for some reason, guy that looks exactly like Michael J Fox, Marty McFly is married to a girl who looks exactly like Leah Thompson, his mother. Um, I won't touch on that anymore, but it's (laughs) weird. I'm just saying it's weird, man. And, and so there's some of those things that are like, okay, yeah, it's, it's a little too cute. Yeah. Um, but you also, how do you feel about Doc's uh, love interest in in this and the
1: unnecessary? I mean, it's it's a it's actually a major plot point it, of the movie. It is. It is. And I guess you have to do something with Doc's character.
0: Well, that's that's the Doc has been the supporting character up right. until now, and it. Three is very much the, like, going back to save Doc. Yeah. Sort of like that. That's the jumping off point. Right. I like the idea of giving Doc more, like, developing him more. Yeah. Uh, But it it is just your standard love interest. And I think
1: that's what makes the third one better than the second one is that you definitely get more of – Doc and Marty playing it's, off of you each get, other. You
0: get them back together. And it's
1: not nearly as good as the first one. There's some yeah. really, even just, and I'm sure some of it is just Christopher Lloyd being Christopher Lloyd, mm-hmm. but just some of the the facial expressions and body language that he uses, that and they play off of each other yeah. so well in the first one, you don't get any of that in the second one. And you get some of it. You get glimpses of it. In you the get, third one, but you don't get But it.
0: at the same time, some of that is happening in like a reprisal like whenever they're setting up the whole train set thing <laughs> yeah is, is it's a callback yeah it's, yeah it's a total callback which is like as a kid i liked it as an adult it's it's a little like oh, okay yeah. that's that's that thing that bugs me but it's fine i mean i um i think it's a good it's a good bow at the end of yeah um what should yeah. honestly should not have been a trilogy but
1: No, Um, you're right, it shouldn't have. It shouldn't have. I I come in saying, you know, swinging, this is my favorite trilogy of all time, and it probably is. I'm sure there's nostalgia playing a little bit of a role in that, but
0: it ends on a good note it ends on
1: a good note and yeah yeah, okay so he goes back in time marries a woman again goes back to the whole doc age there's a huge Mm -hmm. question about how old doc really is and i think they kind of do a good job of addressing it in the second one when he pulls the face off and says you know it added another 30 40 years to my life whatever right right and so but uh mary steinberg Steen... You, you know her, but Mary Steenburgen in the uh, I'm sorry, in the third one mm-hmm. is definitely younger than Doc,
0: way younger than Doc. Yeah. And then
1: they, you know, they knock out two kids, and mm-hmm. there's this ambiguous, you know, but again, you Jules can, and Vern, Jules and Vern, and you can play with time a lot more in a well, he's series about he, time travel.
0: You know, Doc is a bit of a time astronaut, so <laughs> um, who knows, man? He's he probably. You know he probably knows more than he lets on to anyone, even Marty. Maybe, but I don't know. Maybe then he, you know, he finally lets Clara know, and that's that's where his true love finally comes. It's it's she's odd. very accepting, isn't she? She is very accepting.
1: Hey, I'm from the future. Okay, let's have kids.
0: Um, she's also, but she's also a very independent woman. In the is it it's 1885? Is that yeah, right? Yeah. You know, so the the late 19th century. She's you know this woman heading out to the west on her own to be a school teacher so um i bet i bet she could go toe to toe with doc too you know she she's not taking any shit from him no so yeah i i think they're it, it's an odd pairing but it's a it it's works. an okay pairing. It,
1: it works and it's it's one of those things that had to work for the script so i'm sure yeah. they made it work but it works for it. i accept it mm-hmm. i accept it
0: um what's, did i ask you what your favorite part two i was going to ask is? you the same thing no we didn't talk okay, about okay what's your favorite part of two
1: it actually piggybacks on your inconspicuous uh uh trope there okay. it's um Right before, you know... He gives him the money. He has a briefcase full of money uh-huh. from all these different <laughs> oh, time yeah, periods. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, which, how does he get the money? Proves, like, hey, I've got these quarters from
0: 2006. Pay no attention to that. Proves my theory that Doc, you know, has has a lot more experience than he lets on to anyone. I mean, that's, that's true. Dude, that's true. dude is capable of time travel. Like, he's fixed all of his, he's even put the Mr. Fusion on the, yeah. the door and everything. Like, he's probably been places far beyond that's what, true, what we actually see.
1: As the audience, you know, one ends, two begins, and they're right back in the same spot, but mm-hmm. because of the magic of time travel.
0: Right, exactly. So, my favorite part of, of 2 is actually just the leading up to... It's It's a direct allusion to uh, the end of 3, and it's... Uh, Biff is in his giant uh, penthouse, pe- penthouse yeah. suite in, in his casino. He's watching The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly.
1: With two topless women who neither of them are Lorraine, which is totally acceptable if you're a scumbag named Biff,
0: but... but That's, I mean, that's another thing of like that. I feel like that would have never flown in the first one, yeah. Like they would have been more subtle, at least, or it was just makes give me, gives me bad feelings, yeah. I don't, I don't like it, but um, he's he's watching the good, bad, and the ugly. And what's the you know, the quote bulletproof
1: vest, brilliant, Brilliant. great stuff,
0: yeah. Um, I love. I love that. Like, I did not realize for a very long time that that was a direct reference, probably because actually, you know, it's, it's not the good, the bad and the ugly. It's a fistful of dollars. Yeah. Um, Because it's the, yeah, it's the three way, uh, standoff. And, the bad, and the ugly, but yeah, watching Fistful of Dollars, Proof Fest, brilliant, and that's exactly what Marty does, you know, in the end of three, and he tells everyone that his name is Clint Eastwood. So it's you know, I like that. That's a that's a point of you know tying things together that I do kind of yeah. kind of like, and it's and it's directly setting up, three. right? I mean, yeah, that's they a, knew what
1: they were doing at that point, so it's, yeah, it's a lot easier to tie stuff in than it is from like one to three, where yeah. you're having to really stretch to make some of those callbacks.
0: Yeah, um, I you know honestly, I feel like I'm. At about an end on this, is there anything else on three that, that you have or are we... I'm pretty good to wrap up. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite part in three?
1: Yeah. So Doc is, you know, in the bar. He's just broken up with Clara. It's it's the night before they have to go back to the future. And he's having he hasn't even taken a drink yet of any alcoholic substance. And uh, he goes... He's talking to the old timers about, about the future. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, not having horses everybody drives automobiles and how
0: right they're just the preposterous run for fun
1: what kind of fun do you call that (laughs) it's a great and it's not we thought it was um Oh yeah. Slim yeah, Pickens. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it wasn't, I thought it was Slim Pickens and it wasn't, I had to look it up. It wasn't,
0: he's doing, he's doing, but he's a, doing a Slim, slim Pickens. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so it's just a great nod to some of those, you know, older Western type themes and then yeah, you throw well, in the future and it's, it's just great. I love it.
0: So mine's, mine's slightly different than this, although it's from basically the same scene. And yeah, it's, it's when Marty comes in and he's, he's doing his whole thing. And then Marty's like, how many has he had? <laughs> and the bartender's like, none, that's his first <laughs> one. And he's just been holding it. <laughs> And then he and then he finally does take the shot and he passes out and they give him that just disgusting uh, that disgusting goop, which like as as a kid, like I feel like I had a in my mind. There was a flavor to that that I, you know, like never, never had, but associated if that Tabasco
1: and yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, really, really awful, really awful. Okay. I, I think this is probably the best transition we're going to get, um, <laughs> for, I, I've got my beer recommendation for okay. this. And, um, I, you know, it, it, I, I've, I've been thinking about this for a while because we've known that this was coming up and I think I've got a pretty good one. I'm ready for it. Um, it's a, actually, I, I hadn't thought about this until just now, but, I uh, this beer comes from a brewery that I've only recommended a beer from once before, and it was when you were on with uh, with Batman, all the Batman banter. Okay. And this one is – so that one was uh, curmudgeon old ale, which I felt fit with, with Batman very well. Um, this one is Backwoods Bastard. From founders have you had backwards bastard i have not oh my gosh backwards bastard is one of those it's a it's not exactly as season like they don't list it as a seasonal beer they list it as a uh limited, limited beer, beer. Yeah. it's one of those that uh comes in a four pack um and i mean and rightly so it's a i think it's about 10 percent or so by volume so it's actually a bit of a heavier
1: beer heavy there's that word again is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull in the future?
0: Well, yes, there's there's a little bit more alcohol in the Earth's <laughs> gravitational pull. It's am oh, sorry, everyone. It's classified as a wee heavy or a Scotch ale, which um, I've, I've recommended one or two of those in the past. Is,
1: is wee heavy an actual term?
0: Yeah, wee heavy is an actual... It's um, Because they're Scottish and they would say something it, like exactly. wee heavy. No, that's from my understanding, and <laughs> this could be totally wrong, but from my understanding, that's exactly what it that's is. That's great. Um, and it's, it's not, you know... Scotch ale doesn't mean that there is scotch in it, although this one actually is aged in barrels. Um, so it, it has a little bit of that, you know, boozy, liquor bite to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, That's pretty good. If you've had the Dirty Bastard from Founders, um, it's – no, you haven't? I haven't had that one either. Okay. It's sort of a a bit of a variant on that a little bit, but it's like – it's really good. It's really – you know, it, it is it is a – heavier beer so it's going to it, you know it'll give you a a, a bottle or two is going to give you a, a light buzz yeah um so maybe i mean so
1: time it to where you're hitting it, that buzz halfway
0: through the second movie yeah yeah and then and then maybe you can come off come down, by, right? by yeah. three
1: well um, you'll need a, a black cup of coffee and whatever that terrible mixture is that they yeah feed him at the evening.
0: yeah um And so this just a a little bit about the characteristics of it, uh, being, being a scotch ale or a wee heavy, um, it's got a really nice, uh, kind of sweet malty flavor to it, which I mean, I love, I love fall and winter seasonals because I love that like they they feel wrong in in the summer heat right or, or something but like when you know you get that nice cold that in crisp the air, air yeah. and yeah and th- this is this is one of those that I always start looking for around this time it's I believe it's available uh in November and December so um coming up you know in the next couple weeks maybe it'll it'll hit shelves but really really good um it's one that I always like I always grab you know, at least one pack of it every season and then store a couple away and, you know, and then, and then I kind of, I'll open up the, the cabinet and be like, oh man, I still, I still have another one. Great. Um, I do the same thing with the curmudgeon, uh, but really good beer. Really it's, I've been waiting to recommend this for a long time, but you know, we started the podcast in January. Yeah. It was already unavailable. And this just happens to be the the other tie in that I have is the fact that it's called Backwoods Bastard. And, you know, I We've both got experiences w- with that. We both tied yeah. into this movie. Uh, and luckily it does not taste like soap <laughs> in the mouth though. So that's that's Backwoods Bastard by Founders Brewing Company. I highly recommend you look for it at your local liquor store in the coming weeks. Uh, should be available sometime in November. Um, or at your local bar. It's amazing on tap. Highly recommended.
1: All right. Well, all three Back to the Future movies are currently available to stream for free on Amazon Prime or to rent on all the usual suspects. If you somehow have something else to add to this conversation, send Chris or Hunter an email at hello at warstartsatmidnight.com.
0: And if you have hate mail, we can forward that on to Joey as well. Um, If we have an anonymous hater of of Joseph P. Dale. Um, But, you know, we don't only accept email. If email isn't your thing, we'd still love to hear from you. And you can ring the red phone and leave us an inconspicuous voicemail at 484-424-6362. That's 484-4CINEMA.
1: The Ray-Bans and the Fedora aren't included.
0: Well, I I guess actually they could fax us an image of them in their Ray-Bans and Fedora. That'll work. If, if they want to. That'll work. Yeah. Try it out.
1: All right. Well, stick around for our really rad recommendations coming up next.
2: Power love is a curious thing. Make a one-man Make another man sing, change your heart to a little white dove. More than a feeling, that's a power and love. It's tougher than diamonds, rich like cream, stronger and harder than a bad girl's dream. Make a bad one good, make a wrong one right.
0: Right, Joey, it's recommendation time again. Um, I'm wondering what you have. Maybe maybe is it that short-lived Fox Back to the Future cartoon?
1: I only slightly remember that as a kid. I remember it being bad, even as a kid. Really? Yeah. I think the thing I remember most from that is the tie-in with McDonald's. I that's, believe. Yes,
0: exactly. Okay. I I had a Delorean. I did and it had too. like you it, backed it, it up and it then made, it sparked it made or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think that's yeah. the thing I remember most. About that that speed. was the best part of it, I believe. Okay. Uh, is that so? Is that your recommendation? Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. What do uh, you
1: got? I'm going to tie it in with Christopher Lloyd. I'm okay. going to go with a classic. It's called Clue. It's actually a play on the board game. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out in the mid eighties, I believe. One of my favorites.
0: Can I admit something to you? You've never seen it. I've never seen clue. Clue is a war crime for me.
1: Clue should be a war crime for you. Yeah.
0: I, I don't know why, but for some reason I always put it like in a box with a fish called Wanda. I don't know if that makes any sense at all.
1: I've never seen a fish called Wanda. Okay.
0: I've, I've never seen a fish called Wanda either, but for some reason, those two are associated forever associated in my mind. I'm not sure why. Like, Maybe, maybe I should do a war crimes double feature at some point with those two. <laughs> okay. Well, my recommendation is actually something I've recommended before, but not on the show on Friday featured flicks. And it's the adult swim cartoon, Rick and Morty. And I, I feel like the show is highly underseen and highly underrated. I think Reddit kind of Reddit has, loves it. Apparently has a bandwagon for yeah. it. Um, but it's so good. So it's, I mean, it's a
1: very loose play on, yeah, there's, there is a
0: weird connection. I mean, it's, it's about this guy, Rick Sanchez, who is a brilliant, um, scientist. And instead of time travel, he does like interdimensional travel and space travel. Um, but his young grandson comes along with him. Morty comes along with him on these, on these adventures. And it's just the most ridiculous. So if you're, if you're familiar with sort of the adult swim format, you you probably have an idea of the base of what this is just a lot of w- weird bizarre setups a lot of non sequitur sort of seeming stuff but the thing that makes this stand apart is um it's got a lot of heart to it and yep. it's it's got a lot of really well structured comedy like they'll they'll hit you with the thing that's bizarre or weird or um just out of left field or vulgar and then they'll hit you from the other side with actual sentiment and actual like character development that you just don't get from shows like this.
1: I I have I'm completely caught up on Rick and Morty, and I will say the the especially the the season finales of both.
0: The season finales are really satisfying. Like <laughs> I just I, I think season two just finished maybe a couple weeks ago yeah. and really emotional. Yeah. Really like it's great. It, it was really very good. But this this comes from Dan Harmon. Um He's he's a co-creator of of the show. And longtime listeners know that I have a fanboy. I have a fond love for Dan Harmon Um and, you know, his show Community and his podcast Harmon Town and to a much lesser extent, the documentary about his podcast also called Harmon Town. That's it's OK. It's it's, you know, I don't it's on Netflix like right now. Watch it if you want. But yeah, it's. You, to say,
1: okay, you feel really let down. I, I just, I, there's, yeah. this, there's this thing in your voice that says- Well, it's just,
0: they could, have, they could have done so much more with it, but that's not what we're talking about. Right, we're, t- okay. we're talking about Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty's um, great. Rick and Morty's great. The, the other, his co-creator is Justin Roiland, who, if you know him from anything, it's probably, uh, did you ever see House of Cosby? Yeah, I've heard the, you talk about it more than once. Okay, House of Cosby is, as I associate it with the time of eBombs world. Like before there was YouTube- there was eBombs World, and the those big, were
1: dark internet times. Those were they?
0: dark internet times, and the big complaint about eBombs World, even at the time, was, well, they're just stealing content from other people yeah. and putting it up as their own. Come to find out, that's actually true with with House of Cosby as well. House of Cosby came from Channel One Hundred One, which was a it was sort of the first internet. Uh, TV station of sorts. It was, I mean, this is where the lonely Island guys came from. This is where I didn't know any of this. Uh, Dan Harmon and Rob Schraub who Rob Schraub did uh, directed several Harmontown episodes or several community episodes, <laughs> yeah. um, wrote several episodes. He did the, the GI Joe episode. If you, oh, yeah, if yeah, you yeah, saw yeah, that, yeah. um, they, they were, I believe co, a couple of the the co-founders yeah. of it, um, so a lot of good talent actually came out of this. I, I think House of Cosby only ran for maybe three or four episodes. Yeah, I, was until gonna
1: say, I know it's episodes, and then they got a cease yeah, and desist, they got a right? cease and
0: desist from Cosby. And the final episode is them like reacting to the cease and desist, <laughs> which is great. But the it was actually you know the looking back now the, that show was kind of ahead of its time for what it was doing it's basically the basic plot is like multiplicity but with bill cosby uh, but with bill cosby and really crappy flash animation (laughs) um i think you can find it maybe on youtube or you know an eighth generation um transcode of it of it somewhere just be
1: prepared for another cease and desist order it's,
0: it's it's pretty good but rick and morty is just it's some of honestly i i say this with zero hyperbole Uh, Rick and Morty is some of the best television on TV right now for my money. It just, it hits a real sweet spot for me where it's mixing highbrow and lowbrow. It's mixing just going for, you know, really, you know, kind of crude jokes with going for real emotional.
1: They do a very good job of balancing the crude jokes with high, like you said, highbrow and, and emotional aspects that are, it, it makes it, I don't it makes it compelling cartoon television. Yeah, I I don't know how it's,
0: it's better than it has any right to be, (laughs) especially for like what the base content is, what, what time slot it's appearing. You know, it's like at 1130 on a Sunday, 1130 PM on a Sunday show. Um, just so good and it's currently streaming now on hulu the first season uh for free the the second season just wrapped up i imagine it will be it it may be in reruns i'm not sure on
1: yeah on, i don't know how they do that uh
0: sunday nights on adult swim um it'll be it should be i imagine when season three comes around it will be on hulu as well but highly highly recommend this show um if you have the means of watching it i i really i mean if you like if you like all those combinations of things that i've I've given you – there's no way that you're going to dislike uh, Rick and Morty. So check it out.
1: And that's a wrap for another episode of War Starts at Midnight. Check us out online at warstartsatmidnight.com and sign up for our weekly newsletter, The Midweek Memo. It's filled with recommendations, news about upcoming episodes, and exclusive articles written just for you.
0: You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr at WSAMpod. And if you've made it this far into the show, it's pretty safe to assume you like us. So why don't you stop what you're doing right now and leave us a review in iTunes. It'll help us reach new listeners, and it'll make you feel the power of love.
1: Or, if you're the trolling type who's just hate listening through these credits, you can tell us everything we got wrong at hello at warstartsatmidnight.com. Or, give us a call on that bright red telephone at 484-424-6362.
0: Music on this week's show comes from Newey Lewis and the Hughes, Greatest Hits by Ben Rector. Find more music and tour dates at binrectormusic.com.
1: Tune in next time when the guys will be back at it discussing Crimson Peak. Thanks for listening. Save the clock tower.
2: From above, you'll feel the power of love. Don't take money, don't take fame. Don't need no credit card to ride this train. Strong and exciting, it can be cruel sometimes. But it might just save your life.
1: That's the power of love. Every time I watched the second one, since I was, you know, knee high to a grasshopper, I always thought, well, no, if some punk little girl is going to be like, keep it. I got a pit bull now. I would take it from her because (laughs) I am a man. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, I I don't mean that in a sex. You know, I just mean like, no, kid, here's
0: your little hoverboard back. Give me the one with rockets. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Also, give me the power pack. You need power.